This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Lilian Thuram is a world and European champion with France, regarded as one of the finest defenders of his generation and his country's most capped player. In his second career, the 50-year-old is a human rights activist and author. He sat down with me, ST assistant, sports editor Jonathan Wong, to discuss his latest book, White Thinking, which focuses on racial identity, why footballers must speak up for social justice, and if France can win back-to-back World Cups in Qatar. Listen to my interview with Turam, with translation done by the French Embassy of Singapore. Maybe we can start with, uh, why did you write this book? I know you've written a few books before, and what was the process like? So he wrote this book because very often people don't know history of racism. Certain economic systems, such as slavery, uh, have been built on the superiority of the white race. We are all the product of our past, and some prejudices in society uh, that goes way back have to be explained. What was the experience like writing this book? Because maybe it's slightly different from the other books you've written. And how long did it take you from start to finish? This book took a lot of research and talking to specialists about what white supremacy is, what the history of racism is. So a lot of research, so it took a certain time. Au mieux, le suprémacisme blanc. No memories of how long exactly the writing took. In 98, when you won the World Cup, the nickname was Black Blanc Beau for its diversity. Is the France of today what you imagine in terms of diversity, integration from 98 till now? So when we won in 98, indeed there was this slogan, which was a big thing. France has always been a multi-faceted society, people from different cultures, different countries, uh, different colors, and it's still the case today. This, this is still very much a reality. The victory in 1998 definitely helped to have a more uh, a discourse, um, a dialogue about having a more fair society, uh, about integrating people from different cultures better in our French society. Today, the dialogue is still very much alive, even if there are divergent point of views. We are still discussing heavily these topics in our society. Uh, so one thing that's happened in the last few years because of Black Lives Matters is the taking of the knee. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? And some, because some footballers and some teams have stopped doing it as well. Uh, denouncing the violences uh, committed against uh, people of color, black people especially, is nothing new in France. Some people are willing to take accountability about racism in our society and how we all play a part. Others are still unwilling to take responsibility. So that's something interesting to notice. This is why we should encourage a football player to take a stand, to uh, shed light and denounce racism amongst our society. How has racism in sport changed when you were started and what you see now? Has it improved or is it still just as bad 
But how do you get them to listen to you? White thinking is not only the thinking of white people. We live in societies where no matter what your skin color is, we tend to have this hierarchy of skin colors and people's important because of that. I've only been in Singapore for a very short time, but I'm, I'm very sure that there's also a hierarchy in Singapore, uh, depending on your, the color of your skin. This is why it's important to question this ideology that there's a hierarchy depending on your skin color. And this is a global ideology, something that we really need to rethink. No matter if you're white or non-white, you really need to think about these questions and um, study and understand the history of racism. Maybe we can move a bit to less about racism. We'll come back and maybe about football. So your son has been called up to the squad. He's in Qatar. Can you just describe what it's like, because you've been to the World Cup, you've represented France, to see your son, what is, what's it like as a father? When you're a father, you hope for the best for your children. And so his, it was always his, ch his child's dream to be part of the French team. So of course, he's very happy and to see him make his dream come true. What advice, if any, did you give him? <laughs> You have to be aware that it's a chance to be part of the, the team, to play football, and so to enjoy this experience to the fullest and really appreciate it. Et donc de profiter. Deschamps is, was your teammate in '98 and your captain, and he's the manager. He won in 2018. Can you maybe tell me a bit what's, what was he like as a teammate, as a captain? He was always the captain of his team and a great team player as well. He always has had this ability to both play and be also very analytical and to have a 360 vision of the, the game and his co-teammate and how to improve each and every one. It wasn't a surprise to him that he would be a, become a trainer and become somebody who would be able to win and to take France to victory. Just one more on football and then we'll go back. No country has won two World Cups in a row before Brazil. How difficult, because you know, in 2002, you went to Japan and France and as defending champions and you lost in the first round. Why is it so difficult to win two World Cups in a row? It's really complicated to win a World Cup because you need a generation of players united and who are going to give it their best for a month. It's once every four years. You, you don't know if every four years you'll have a generation of player that is as performing that performs as well as the previous one. When you're a football player, you want to be part of history. That's something that's really striking. French players have the opportunity to leave their mark on history. Yes, and since, as you said, uh, it is complicated to win two World Cups in a row, maybe knowing that you can be part of history, that like you can leave your mark, is something that will motivate the new generation of players. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode.
Now, back to my conversation with Lilin Turam. Going back, you know, you talk about you need to have this conversation about racism. Do you think footballers, managers who are high profile, is it their duty to talk about such things or is it unfair because they are just footballers, they are just managers who are doing their jobs to be talking about racism, about politics, about wars? Before being a football player or a manager, you are a citizen. And as a citizen, you have a duty to talk about social responsibility, social issues, racism. It is part of your responsibility to care as a citizen. Do you feel that the current generation, your son included, have a bigger voice because of social media uh, and that because they have a platform, which maybe in the 1990s you didn't have, that you must use that platform. Think at different eras, no matter if you had social platforms or not, social media platforms, you always had a, a, an opportunity to talk as a football player because of the visibility you have. And so it's more about not really the media of communication, but more about encouraging football players to have and use that voice. So the World Cup is in Qatar. It's the first time it's in the Middle East. There's been a lot of uh, criticism. Can I just get your thoughts on this criticism and is it fair? And whether it's World Cup or Olympic Games, these huge sporting events have always been opportunities to uh, denounce inequalities. And so it's nothing new. We've had examples in the past with Brazil or China or other countries. And so it is a platform to denounce inequalities. So maybe you can just go back to your career. Uh, what were some of the best moments and worst moments for you? 1998 victory is hands down the best memory. Can't think of a bad moment right now. <laughs> so just back to about racism. When you look at the world we are today, it's more diverse, but also more angry. Where do we, where do we go from here? How do we make society less angry? The, for him, the root of the anger in our society is the uh, extremely economic the violent economic system we live in, capitalism, and I think it's the root to this anger and the thing that we need to address because it means inequality. But how would you address inequality? Because a capitalist society, there will always be rich and poor. First of all, denunciation is always something important. And also redistribution of wealth is something that all societies need to tackle. I think you mentioned this before about your thoughts on the war. I'm just curious, what is it like to be a black European in Europe right now? You can't really understand black experience only through the lens of what it's like to be black in Europe. You have to analyze how is it globally, how it is in, in different countries such as Singapore and also what's the situation in Africa. These are all factors and parameters that you have to look into if you want to understand history of racism and inequality. But how would you describe that experience to someone who is trying to, to understand? Um, so racism is, first of all, a discourse to justify 
economic violence and inequality to exploit other people and to create hierarchy between them. So it's understanding this history first to understand the experience. So the, the figure of the black person, of the black people, has been created is an ideological creation to reassure ourselves. And if you despise somebody else, and because you label them different, and it's a system of reassurance for yourself. Just a few more questions. Um, I know you have mentioned how Jordan Henderson is a good example of a white person standing up against racism. How important is it that not only that black people do it, but people of other color do it as well? And why could that be more effective? But, uh... It's even more powerful when it's somebody that is not a black person taking a stand and talking about these issues. It's even more powerful than somebody who is facing these issues and might be discriminated because of them. So having, having people being ally and standing up. It's similar to sexism. If you have a man standing up for women and talking about how sexism in our society is unacceptable, it's even more powerful than a woman standing up for this because it's more expected in a way. So France is playing tomorrow, I think. What are your thoughts on their chances? Je pense que la meilleure façon. The key is to take it step by step, game after game, and he hopes France is going to win. remporter le match. That was a podcast by The Straits Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O.